Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I want to uh, just just take a time just to welcome everybody in that's watching online. So thankful that you're here hanging out with us, uh, even if it's online for now. We want to tell you, hey, it's even better in the room. Wouldn't y'all agree it's better to be in the room together? Come on, won't you welcome everybody in that's watching online together? Can put our hands together. Listening on the podcast, we love you. We're really glad you're here. We're just going to take a time just to continue to worship today. And in just a second, our usher team is going to come forward. And we're going to just switch things up a little bit. We're going to do generosity at the front end of the service today. And so maybe this is your first time. Listen, we're not asking anything of you. Uh, but if you want to give, that's great. We love that. But we're just a place that really believes in this idea of generosity is our privilege. And so our usher team, if you guys don't mind coming on forward, if y'all don't, if y'all don't mind helping as we're in the rows together, if we can just pass these things around, uh, these offering containers. And if it is your first time, you can drop your first-time card, your connection card in that. Just let us know that you're here for the very first time. So if y'all don't mind just kind of passing those around a little bit uh, as we do that. You can give in service. You can give online. You can uh, give by text. Allie and I, we give online. It's the easiest thing for us to do. We love doing it that way. Just setting aside a time just to, just to give to God because He's already given us so much. And we just want to return back to Him what he's given to us. So that's what we're doing right now in worship. And I just want to celebrate you. I want to celebrate your generosity because we say it, generosity is our privilege. But not only do we say it, I just believe that we're a church that lives that out. And uh, just so you know, yesterday, we had a couple hundred people. If you were a part of yesterday, and I love my city, come on, let me hear you make some noise in this place. All right. Hey, I just want to, they're going to throw some uh, some pictures up here on the screen of, of just the, ability, the the opportunity that we had yesterday to go and go into our community. 23 different serve projects all over the community of Murray and Callaway County. We loved getting to be a part of that. Loved getting to serve Jesus tangibly by serving other people and painting fences and putting mulch out and praying for people. And we had foster families that came through here. And because of your generosity, we were able to shop until they dropped. Come on somebody, right? Yesterday, they were able to come through here. Some people with seven or eight uh, kiddos with them because our foster families are a little short on, on foster families right now. And man, just coming through and just the faces and the stories that we got a chance to see and be a part of yesterday, I want you to know that that's what your generosity is going towards. And uh, I'm just telling you, yesterday was just an incredible day for the kingdom, I believe. And we couldn't do it without you. We love partnering with you. And so I'm just so thankful for a church that really does believe that generosity is our privilege and so thank you for living that out I want to pray for us and then when I get done praying in just a second uh, our worship team we started a brand new series last week called can't steal my joy anybody excited for week two of can't steal my joy yeah good it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna we're gonna have our worship team if you didn't get a journal from last week I want to encourage you grab one of those if you didn't get one wave your hand in the air like you just do care when I get done praying we'll bring you one of those this is kind of got uh, everything we're gonna walk through over the next few 
few weeks together. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let me pray for us, and then we'll go from there. Jesus, we love you. God, we honor you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the tithes and the offerings, and we get to just bring back to you, God. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for, for allowing us to have our jobs and things that we get to steward for a little bit. And God, we want to put you first in those things. We'll put you first in our day. We're putting you first in our week today as we gather together. We're putting you first with our finances. And so, Lord, we just thank you so much for what you're going to do. We believe today, Holy Spirit, that you're going to move like you never moved before. That, Jesus, you're going to save people. That you're going to draw yourself to them. And that, God, you are going to be glorified and lifted up. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' powerful, awesome, mighty, magnificent name that we pray. And everybody said, I said, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So worship team, if you didn't get one of those journals last week, if y'all don't mind, there's some baskets there on the corner. Wave your hand in the air like you just do care and you just do want a little bit of journal. And they're going to bring you one. We'd love to get that in your hands because I'm telling you that right there. I'll tell you a little bit more about that as they're giving it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a journal. We're in a series this entire month called Can't Steal My Joy. Right? Somebody say, can't steal my joy. Yeah, you can't steal my joy. And uh, what we're doing is every single week uh, through the book or through the month of July, we're walking through the book of Philippians. We always take a book study, especially every summer, and we walk through it together. And so I'm excited about that. But then not only that, we're partnering with that throughout the week that we want you not just hearing about Jesus, reading your Bible on Sunday, but every single week that you begin to create this discipline on the inside of you, that you and I would read God's Word, that we would spend time. We got just a special little thing in there where you can take some notes, you can write some stuff down, do your Devo, smile from the week. and just I'll just tell you it was incredible just to sit back and just begin to write some stuff down of some things that we're reading together, some application. How many of you know it's important to know the Word of God, it's even more important to apply the Word of God. Come on, somebody, right? Because, again, how many of you know sunscreen's good until you, it's not good until you apply it, right? You got to apply the sunscreen in order to not get burnt. Same way with the Bible, right? We can know the Bible all day, but until we apply it, that's when we really begin to see our lives begin to be transformed. So I just encourage you, if you didn't get one of those just now, out at the Connect Corner outside the info table, you can grab one of those. Team would love to give that to you. Would love, love, love for you to take that home and just spend time every day reading the book of Philippians as we go through it together this month. Anybody thankful for uh, just what God is going to do today? Anybody expecting God to do something? Can we give him one more big shout of praise in this place? I'm excited. The guys are up here still because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of just intro us a little bit uh, into this second week that we're in of Can't Steal My Joy. Last week we started this series, and again, we're going through it the entire month of July, and it's in the book of Philippians. And Philippians is just four little chapters, 105 verses, take you all of about 15 minutes to read. If you wanted to read the entire book in its entirety, you could do that in about 15 minutes. But what I love about it is this guy named Paul that wrote this book, and kind of the main theme that he's wanting to get across to you and I is this idea that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your life may encounter, that you can have joy no matter what's going on. That's what we started learning about last year, that no matter what you, or last week, that no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, that you can have joy. And Philippians is actually called the happiest book in the Bible. Come on, somebody. I know when we talked about it last week, there's a difference between happiness and joy. If you missed that, go back and check it out online or on the podcast this week while you're driving. But I'll just tell you, this is so, uh, the irony that this may be the happiest, the most joyful book in the Bible. You know why it's irony? Because of the fact of where Paul is actually actually writing this from. 
So he had planted a church in Philippi, like much like Purpose Church, right? This place called Philippi, and he had planted this church. And now about 10 years later, he's writing them a letter to encourage them. And guess where he's writing this letter from? We talked about it last week. If you don't know, he's writing it from the middle of a prison cell. He's writing it in the middle of chains. He's writing it in the middle, not for doing something wrong. Come on, somebody. Not because he was bad dude, but because he was preaching the gospel. Because he was, he was proclaiming Jesus is the way. That's what was happening. That's why he ended up finding himself in prison. And again, I believe that there's no better time to talk about this than now. Because if you're anything like me, every single day, there's something that's trying to steal my joy. Right? How many of y'all have experienced that? Anybody experienced some joy stealers out there? Come on, somebody. Right? We've been there. We're in the middle of that. Seems like just a COVID, even the last couple of years. Just a lot of things over the last few years have been out to rob you and me of our joy. But what I want to encourage you with and what Paul, I believe, would encourage you with is that, guess what? No matter what situation we may face, that even in the middle of it, he's, he would want us to have this response. You know what? You can't steal my joy. Right? You can't steal my joy. And look what he says. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Look what he says. If you don't mind, if you're able, would you stand back up on your feet? I'm going to read what a part uh, right before what Jake had a chance to read. Uh, just a few minutes ago, just in honor of God's word, we're standing together. I love that. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1. This is what the Bible says. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I love that. This is what the Bible says. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He's asking these questions of this church that he's planted. Then he goes on to say, then make me truly happy. If you go to the NIV version, it actually says, make my joy complete, right? By doing this, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, you know, unify with each other, love one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Watch what he says in verse 3. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Somebody say, be humble. Tap your neighbor and say, you better be humble. Okay, go ahead. There you go. I'm just kidding. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. And watch what it says in verse 4. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And then verse 5 says this, and this is what we're going to spend a little bit of time on today, is it says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We're going to talk about that today, and I just want to just encourage you, if you want to title today's message at anything, there's actually a place in your journal where you can take some notes today. I encourage you to do that. It's this title, Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. And ultimately, obviously, the leader of this church is not me necessarily. It's Jesus. And we want Jesus being the point. We want Jesus being the leader. And we're going to watch what Jesus had to do and how he lived his life and how he had a lot of joy no matter what he faced today. So we're going to talk about that. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see what God is going to do. One more time, let me pray, and then we'll jump in together. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. Jesus, be honored today. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you, team. Don't you love our worship team? Can we honor them for just a second? Put our hands together for them. Man, so thankful every week. Man, the amount of effort and energy that they put into just making sure that they are craft, that we are just doing everything possible to just, just encourage you guys and me and, and, and uplift Jesus together. I just love them so much. So thankful for them. And I got a question real quick, if you don't mind. This is kind of one of those all skates. Um, how many of you guys, again, one more time, have had anything in your life try to steal your joy lately? Come on. I think a lot of us have, right? I think all of us can understand. So I think this uh, actual scripture comes at an incredible time as we're looking through the book 
book of Philippians. As we're talking through what this story and what Paul is going through and how he's trying to encourage you and I that no matter what we face, you can't steal my joy. And again, we talk about this idea of last week uh, of it being happiness versus joy. I don't know about you. Anybody grow up in church where they had that acrostic for J-O-Y? Anybody been there? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that song back in the day? J-O-Y, down in my heart. My dad is the only guy in the entire place that knew that song. All right. Y'all give it up for Gary, Gary McLean today. Nobody. All right. All right. So we just take it back to square one. There's this old song back in the day. It goes like this. J-O-Y, down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. All right. All right. That's what it used to be back in the day. And my dad is the only one that knows that. Great. Me and my dad. It's me and you, bro. We ride or die. All right, I like it. <laughs> I'm sweating up here right now. I have no idea why. I didn't sing a solo. My dad did. That was awesome. <laughs> but uh, I, I think about that, and I think about this, this acrostic I learned, and maybe you learned it as a kid, of J-O-Y. Anybody ever heard of Jesus, others, and in yourself? Come on. Have anybody ever heard that? J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. If you have, please wave at me so I'm not the only one. Okay, good. Make sure me and my dad ain't the only ones that have heard that before, right? Uh, but I love that idea of joy, this Jesus, others, and yourself. And I think it's important that, that all of us would understand that obviously if we are going to have joy in our life, first it's got to start with Jesus. And first it's got to start with that relationship as we'll talk about all throughout today. That if you're going to have joy in your life, no matter what you're going through, that that's going to have to start with a relationship with Jesus. But really what we're going to hit on today is the fact that not only are we going to talk about Jesus and point everything to Jesus, but if you want to have some real joy, you got to follow the way Jesus lived. we got to watch his life and we got to do what he did. And so there's a few things that Paul is even telling us that, that yeah, you and I should be encouraged by how we should live. But ultimately, I think we got to look back at even the life of Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus was full of joy? Right? Jesus was full of joy, right? You got to think about it. The very first miracle that Jesus ever performed, he turned water into wine at a party, at a, at a, at a, a wedding celebration, right? It was a joyful moment in that time. If you go and you read the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, just kind of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus and his life, if you'll go back and read that, here's my encouragement to you. You will find that people flocked to Jesus. They wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to be close to him. Whether it was the religious people that, that, that felt like they had it all together, they wanted to be around Jesus. Whether it was people that were far from God, that wanted nothing to do with God, guess what? They were still attracted to Jesus. They wanted to be around him. And then I got to thinking about it. You know, all through Scripture you see, you know who else? else was attracted to Jesus, wanted to be around Jesus? Kids wanted to be around Jesus. How many of y'all know you can't be a fuddy-duddy and, and, and hang out with a kid? You know what I'm saying? Because they're, they're going to call you out real quick. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like, come on, you ain't smiling. What's the matter? You know, like, like okay, Jesus had to be full of joy for kids to want to be around him, for kids to want to flock to him. So I think about this idea of Jesus, and, and again, no matter who they were, they wanted to be around him because I believe that Jesus was full of joy no matter what the circumstances were around him. And you want to know how you and I can have joy no matter what? we got to follow the leader. we got to be willing to follow the leader. And that's what Philippians 2, what Paul is trying to get across to you and I, Starting specifically in verse 5, which is what Jake read to us today as well, where it says this, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. 
that Christ Jesus had. And then what begins to happen is Paul, as what Jake read earlier, the next six verses, he begins to tell us, this is the attitude that Jesus had. And so I don't know about you, but if we are going to be like Jesus, we need to look at the attitude and the responses that Jesus had. And I want to just talk through that today because I think there's three choices that we're going to see in the next six verses that Jesus had, that he had to make, and he did. And if you and I will make those choices, if we will follow the leader, I believe that God, Jesus, ultimately will be glorified and that you and I can have joy no matter what we're going through. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, write this down. Is you and I, like Jesus, we have to make the choice to be humble. Make the choice to be humble. Tap your neighbor and say, you got to be humble. Come on, hey, this is, a, this is a participation sport together. Come on. We, we in this thing together. Tap your other neighbor that you pick second and say, you definitely need to be humble. Okay? <laughs> all right. All right, good. See, see, what I want us to understand is that Jesus... Not only was Jesus the great example of joy, but listen to me, he was the greatest example of humility as well. Look at what the Bible says. You read in verse 6 right there. It says this, Though he was God, being Jesus, he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, but watch what it says. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and watch what it says. He took the humble position of a slave. Right, that's what Jesus did and was born a human being. And then watch what it says. When he appeared in human form, again, we see it reiterated again. He humbled himself. Somebody say he humbled himself. Good. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Talk about humility, y'all. God becomes man. Not only did he become man, but that that man went and died for you and I, took the punishment of what we deserve on the cross. And not only did he die, but he died the most excruciating, the most humiliating, the most painful death possible. And so even though Jesus had it all, he humbled himself and he still gave it all. I love that about Jesus so much that he made a choice to be humble and we are called to follow the leader, to live that type of life and to live with that type of humility. And this is what I want you to know what humility is. A lot of people get humility mixed up, right? They think humility is like, oh, I got to just talk bad to myself. I got to just constantly bring myself down. That's really what humility is. I got to talk about how terrible I am. That's not what humility, true humility is. True humility is thinking about others more than you think about yourself. That's what true humility is. I want you to write this down. This is actually what C.S. Lewis and then Rick Warren also quoted this as well, said this. It says this, is that humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Come on, somebody, right? It's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So instead of thinking, you know what, worrying about all of my needs, I see everything that's going on around me, all the circumstances that are happening around me, and instead of thinking about me, worrying about my needs, myself, my desires, what I'm going through, how this economy affects me, how this decision affects me, 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 I love me some me, come on somebody, right, we live in that kind of culture, instead of that, you know what we need to do, instead of turning it on me, we need to turn it out and say, you know what, I'm going to begin to think about others. I'm going to begin to think about their needs. I'm going to begin to think about their desires, what they're going through. I'm going to live according to God's word, but I'm going to put myself in their shoes. And this is what I'm convinced of, is that pride and selfish people, prideful and selfish people are not joyful people. 
They're not joyful people. Some of the most joyful people that I know are some of the most selfless, the most humble people that I I can name right now, right? I think that's really what God is calling us to. And again, look at God's response and his response to Jesus' humility, right? Watch what the Bible says. It goes on in verse 9. It says this, therefore. Somebody shout, therefore. And every time we talk about that, you've got to ask, what is that there for, right? When you read the Bible and you see the word therefore, what's it there for? You've got to understand it's connecting what we just read to what is about to be said, okay? So what we just read is the fact that Jesus humbled himself. He was humble. He was obedient. He died a death on the cross. He was humble to what God had called him to do. Therefore, watch, because of Jesus' humility, because of his obedience, watch what the Bible says, is that God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, somebody shout the name of Jesus. Shout Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I wish we'd take five seconds and just acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is humble, and he was obedient. Come on, not a golf clap. Can we give God all the praise that he deserves? I love that. I love that. See, you got to understand something. What we see from Scripture, this is a thing that shows up all throughout Scripture, is that humility precedes honor. Humility comes before honor. Being humble comes before being acknowledged, right? I want you to understand that. All through Scripture, you'll see that. Proverbs chapter 29, 23 says this, Pride ends in humiliation, but humility brings honor. Right? I love that. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and watch what it says He'll do. He will lift you up. You ain't got to lift yourself up, but if you will humble yourself, if you and I will think less of our, not think less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less, we'll say, God, not my will, not my preferences, but what your Bible says, what your word says, I'm going to build my life on this. God, I'm going to humble myself underneath the position of your scripture and underneath what you've called me to do. I'm going to do that. And as we do that, the Bible says he will lift you up. He will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 6. You see it over and over again. Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, watch what it says, that he may lift you up in due time. I think that due time is the problem that we have a problem with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's in God's timing. In due time, you'll be lifted up. Because I don't know about you, I expect to make a decision, and I expect immediately to be lifted up. I expect immediately to be honored. I expect immediately to have something go on. God, look how humble I am. Now where's my reward, right? If I'm being honest, that's how a lot of times we live our life. But let me encourage you, in due time, God will be the one that will lift you up. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us that humility leads to honor. That the way up actually in all essence is down. That the way you and I, how, how, you, how high you go in life, how high you go as a leader is dependent on how, you are, how low you are willing to go as a servant. I don't want you to understand that that is so true. And I have this chapter-by-chapter commentary that I I read uh, just about whenever I'm reading all uh, all the Scripture. And I just like to look. It's a guy way smarter than me. James Wearsby is his name. And I I just really like to just study it a little bit. And I I saw this the other day as I was looking through it in Philippians chapter 2. This was on one of the pages of it. And you don't have to write it down. You can go look it up. But this is a big, long quote from him. And I wanted to throw it up there on the screen. And it says this, that I used to think that God's 
gift were on the shelves one above the other and that the taller we grew in Christian character, the more easily we should reach them. But I now found that God's gifts are on shelves one beneath the other and that is not a question of growing taller but a question of stooping lower. And I just think that that is something that you and I in this culture right now have lost the art of humbling ourselves and saying, you know what, God, speak into me. God, use me. And as you use me, I will serve you and serve others. I think we've lost that. So for us to follow the leader, to have joy like Jesus has, we got to have the choice. We have to make the choice to be humble. Again, tap your neighbor and say, you better be humble. Good, 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 good. Number two, if you're ready for number two, say number two. All right, number two, I want you to write this down. Is we have to make the choice, not like not also like what Jesus did to be humble, but watch what it says, kind of goes hand in hand. Make the choice to be a servant. Got to make the choice to be a servant. Kind of going back to Philippians chapter 2, where it says in verse 7, it says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Right? Jesus was a servant. He didn't come as royalty. He didn't come as, as a ruler. He didn't come as a king with a crown on his head. You know how he came? He came in a lowly manger, ultimately as a servant. Instead of being served, the Bible says that he chose to serve others. And, and there's something we say around here a lot, and, and it's when in leadership and in serving, it's like if you are too big to serve, you are too small to lead. And so if you and I are not willing to serve others, if we are not willing to serve, we, we are too, like, like we are not called to lead if we can't serve. I'm just going to call it what it is. Look at even what Matthew chapter 20 has to say when Jesus is talking to his followers, his disciples, about this idea of, hey, how can we be great? How can we be the best? How can we be all of that? Watch what he says to them. Jesus called them together, it says. And he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. So what he's saying is, you know what? They, they, they love that authority that they have and they're going to lord it over everybody. They're going to use that authority to kind of push people down, to run over them. But watch what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, but not so with you. Tap your neighbor and say, not so with you. Not so with you. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. That, that may be how the world does it. I'm calling you to something different. Like when you are a follower of Jesus, you and I are called to something different than what the world has to offer. And the Bible tells us, not so with you, Jesus said. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, watch what it says, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And he goes on to say, hey, just as I have, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I have a question for you. How many of you would say, you know what, I want to be great. I want my life to be great. Come on, everybody's all skate. I want you to respond to that. That means everybody on the floor skating together. Okay, wave your hand. Okay, like, like I think all of, I, I've never met anybody who said, you know what, I really want to be mediocre. Really just won't be C average, uh, unless you're studying engineering like I did in college, okay? Like, just trying to, C's get degrees. Don't tell nobody that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't think any of us would say, you know what? Hey, I, I think it's good uh, that, that I'm just going to kind of just coast through. That I just want to be mediocre. That I just want to be average. I don't think there's anybody that would say that. And Jesus is saying, hey... I think all of us would agree. You want to be great? Guess what? The way to greatness is stooping lower, is to serve. And even Martin Luther King, when he was quoting Jesus, had this to say. He said, anybody can be great because anybody can serve. 
right? You and I have the ability to be great if we would just follow the greatest leader of all time who was willing to humble himself and to serve others. See, the key to greatness is serving other people, and I believe the key to joy is also serving other people. If you want to experience joy in the season that you find yourself in right now, figure out a way to serve others. That's why I love what happened yesterday. That's why I love what took place yesterday at Serve Day. I love my city. You know why? It's because all of us that showed up in this room yesterday and all of us that are in this room right now, we all have things going on in our life, right? We all have things that we're working through. We all have circumstances that we probably wouldn't pick from time to time, right? But yet what I loved about yesterday is it wasn't a group of people focused on ourselves, but it was a group of people that said, you know what, we're going to turn ourselves, not a blind eye to what we're going through, but we're going to say, you know what, even though I'm going through this, I'm going to choose to serve somebody else. I'm going to choose to go out, and I'm going to choose to make a difference. So can we give it up for everybody that's on the serve team, everybody that served yesterday. Come on, don't we love them? I'm so thankful for them. See, I just believe in my heart that God prepared you to do great things for him. This is even what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. Watch what it says, to do good works, which God had planned long ago for us to do. See, I want you to encourage you that you and I are called to serve, that God has prepared you and I to do great things for him, and that if you and I don't say yes and are obedient to what he's calling you and I to do, the world is missing out. The world is going to miss out, that you are not just here to suck oxygen and pay bills. Come on, somebody, right? God did not design you that way just to sit on the sidelines. No, God created you to serve people, to love people, to love Jesus, point everybody to Jesus, point everybody to his word, and make a difference. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? I believe that with all of my heart. And this is the one I kind of want to just kind of just land the plane on with us today. And I want to kind of spend some time on this today. If we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to have some joy in the middle of this season, that whatever you're walking through, whatever you might face, if you're going to have some joy, we got to follow the leader. And the leader, you know what he did? He humbled himself. So come on, I, I think a lot of this church, guess what? We should humble ourselves and say, you know what? I'm going to think of myself less. Uh, I'm going to think less of my, not less of myself, I'm going to think of myself less, and I'm going to think of other people more. I'm going to put Jesus first, I'm going to put others next, and I'm going to put myself last, all right? So we're going to be humble people, we're going to serve other people, and that's going to be something that we're going to do. And then if we want to be like Jesus, if we want to follow the leader, you and I, you know what we have to do? We have to make the choice to be obedient. You have to make the choice to be obedient. Look at the Bible. Again, we're going to leave that up there for a second so you can make a note of that. Make the choice to be obedient. This is what the Bible says in verse 8 of Philippians chapter 2. It tells us that when he appeared in human form, watch what it says. He humbled himself in, what's the word? Obedience, right? He humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on the cross. See, Jesus made the choice to be obedient. I want you to understand that there was this massive part on the inside of Jesus that was wanting to do anything but go to the cross. Right? you got to understand there's a conversation that happens in the garden. Whenever the night, the night before he'd be led on trial, the night before they would crucify him, he's in a garden and he's praying to God and he's saying, Hey, I'm just trying, God, listen, I'm about to walk through the craziest thing I've ever walked through. I guess the most painful, physically humiliating 
excruciating, shameful body pain that I'm ever going to walk through, but even more so spiritually, God, I'm going to be separated from you for the very first time. Like, like there's going to be a separation between Jesus and God for the first time because Jesus became sin for you and I. And you got to listen to the internal dialogue that's going on between Jesus and God. This tug of war that's happening on the inside. Mark 14, verse 36, he says this. This is Jesus. He cries out, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. But watch what Jesus says. If you and I want to live like Jesus, if you and I want to have joy in whatever season that we are in, I think we have to pray this prayer as Jesus prayed. Yeah, I I want your will to be done, not mine. Your will to be done, God, not mine. Above his desires, above his preferences, above his comfort level. You know what he wanted? He wanted to obey God. I want to challenge some of us in this room that, again, we're in a, a, a pivotal time in our nation, pivotal time in our lives, I feel like, where we have a chance to respond in obedience to what God has called us to do. And I just think that there is some, some things that, that you and I don't need to base our life on that are ever-changing from here and there. But we need to base our life, our decisions, how we, how we live our life, the conversations that we have. You know how we should base them on? We should base them on the Word of God. You know what? The Word of God, there is things that I read in, this, in, in the Bible that I look at in my own life and I say, ooh, I don't like that. If I can be honest because you know why it's out of my comfort level it's challenging for me it's out of my desires it's out of my preferences it would be easier if I did it this way but that's contrary to the Word of God and I just want to be a guy that says you know what we're unapologetically Bible people we're unapologetically gonna preach the Word of God no matter how convenient it is for me this is what I live my life on. This is what I want you and I to obey. So I want to challenge some of us in this room. There's going to be a tug of war. My preferences versus what God has instructed me to do. My feelings versus what God has instructed me to do. My choice versus what God has instructed me to do. And I want to encourage you, let's build our life on what the Word of God has to say. I think that's so important for us. I think there's some of us that again, from my own life, many times in my own life where it is hard for me to read and apply this, it reads me. This is the only book in all of, all of creation that as you read it, it reads you. Come on, somebody, right? It's read my mail. As I read this every day, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But that's what the Word of God tells me to do. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge some of us. Let's just build our life on the truth of God's word that never changes and let's keep saying yes to everything he is asking us to be obedient to as we just finished up a series in Hebrews the last couple weeks this is what Hebrews 12 verse 1 has to say when it talks about obedience watch what watch what it says when Jesus I want you to understand he was so obedient he was so obedient yes he was obedient because God had called him to but I want you to see that Jesus was obedient in the middle of the circumstance not because of uh, just for obedience sake he was obedient because of the joy that was set before him watch what the Bible says Hebrews 12 verse 1 let us run with endurance the race God has set before us watch what it says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus right, Jesus is the point of this church it's what we're gonna be about 
who keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Watch what it says. Because of the joy. Somebody say joy. The joy awaiting him. Watch what it says. He endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. See, I want you to understand that it was not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. You know what it was? It was the joy that kept Jesus on the cross. That even on the worst day of his life, Jesus made the choice, you know what, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to choose joy. And he knew that on the other side of his obedience would ultimately be him paying for yours and my sin, for all of humanity's shortcomings and fallings. And best of all, it was to provide you and I an opportunity to have a relationship with him. And the Bible Bible tells us in Romans 5, for just as through the disobedience of one man, the very first man, Adam, that many were made sinners, that all of us have sinned, all of us has fallen short. But watch this, through the obedience of one man being Jesus, that many will be made righteous. That because of Jesus' obedience, you and I are made perfectly acceptable in, in, in with God. That that's, that that's incredible to me. That's incredible that the obedience that Jesus had, guess what? It was joy that set out before him. And he was willing to say yes to the the, the shame, the uncomfortableness, to say, you know what? I know on the other side of me saying yes to this, on the other side of obedience is always joy. I want you to write that down. Joy is always on the other side of obedience. And I want to ask you this question. Where in your life do you need to obey God? Where is it, even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's scary, even if it's challenging, my encouragement to you as your pastor, do it and obey God. Because I'm telling you, on the other side of the obedience, I promise you, it's worth it. God's ways are God's ways for a reason. And I believe that there is a blessing of some sort at the end of your obedience. And you may not see it now. You may not be able to experience it now. But I'm just going to tell you, be obedient anyway. And what I love about the relationship with God so much is that it doesn't just affect our eternity. It affects our day-to-day right now. And He offers to us the best possible life that we can live, but it's on the other side of obedience to Him. That if you and I will be obedient to whatever He's calling you and I to do, that that will unlock the purpose of your life. That'll unlock the freedom that you and I have in our life. And it's all of our jobs, not just the pastors of this church, not just the leaders of this church, but it's all of our jobs to be as close to God as possible, to hear His voice over all of the other competing voices that are out there. And how do we do that? You know what? We spend time getting in His Word. We spend time this week saying, you know what? I know what I'm going through. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not fun, but I'm going to choose to hear from you, God. I want to see what your word has to say. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time listening to you. And I just believe that when you shut off all the voices of this world and you crank up the voice of God in your life, and he's going to ask you to do something that may be uncomfortable, going to ask you to do something that may not be easy, but I promise you it will always be worth it if you'll say yes to Jesus. Come on, do you believe that? If we do, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? Awesome. <laughs> okay, I think there's some of us that need to be obedient to God today, right? So I'm going to ask you to do something. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Would you just be obedient? And first of all, just wherever you're seated, wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening at, would you just ask God, God, how do I need to be obedient today? 
where do I need to be obedient in my life today? And wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself at, I want you to be obedient. I want you to say yes to what God is calling you to do. Maybe for some of you, you're in this room, and I'm going to start with people that have a relationship with Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. You know Jesus. What is God calling you to say yes to? What is God asking you to obey Him in? What is He asking you to say yes to that maybe you've been putting off for a while? Uh, what, what is He asking you to be humble towards? Like, hey, you need to humble yourself. You need to serve. You need to obey. What is that area? I can't speak on behalf of you, but I know that the Holy Spirit can connect whatever that is that you're walking through, and He can speak to you right now. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit, would you speak to my friends in this room? Would you tell them where they need to obey you, God? I'm going to ask you, maybe you're in this room and that you know the next step of obedience for you is a relationship with Jesus. Because again, all of the things that are around you, you and I will never have complete joy, happiness, whatever it might be. We, we, not based on our, our paychecks from work. Not based on our relationships that are around us that are perfect all the time. No, no, no. We're going to have a complete joy whenever you and I say yes to Jesus. We say yes to a relationship with Him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before that's you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You're in this room and you say, you know what? I need a relationship with Jesus. I want to say yes to him. I want him to come in my life. I want him to save me. If that's you, the Bible is very clear that all of us have been there. Right? The Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And yet even while we were still sinning, the Bible tells us that Christ died for us. He was willing to go to the cross. So I love Jesus' humble servant attitude that he was willing to go and die in my spot. That there had to be a payment for the sin, the messed upness that I've done in my life. Had to be a payment made for that. And Jesus was willing to take that payment and make that payment if I would accept his form of payment. If I would accept that, that he did that for me. And the Bible tells us that if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So some of you today, you've never confessed Jesus as Lord. Maybe today's that day. Maybe today's that day for you. If that's you and you need to say yes to Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I do want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to say something like this. I want you to mean it. Just tell Jesus what you need him to do. Jesus, I need you to save me. Would you forgive me? Would you come in my life? Put my trust in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you died for the sin that I've committed. And God, I put my trust in you to save me today. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. And help me from this day forward live for you. Maybe you said something like that. Maybe you said it word for word, but you just meant it in your heart. You said, hey, I, I just said yes to Jesus. I just put Jesus in the rightful position as the Lord of my life by just saying yes to what he did on the cross for me. If that's you, first of all, I just want to tell you, make the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. We, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, that there is a party going on in heaven. And there's about to be a party that happens up in this room because we are so excited that one person, ten people, whoever it might be, watching online, listening on the podcast, that you just gave your life to Jesus and we're going to bring a little piece of heaven down to earth when we celebrate that in just a second. But before you do that, here's what I'm going to ask you. If that was you and you just prayed to receive Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you just raise your hand up and just drop it right back down? Just say, hey, that was me. I'm going to drop it right back down. Raise it up and drop it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. 
Here's what I want you to know, too, is that you made that decision to say yes to Jesus today. I want you to know that we want to know about it, but I encourage you, tell somebody about it. All right, tell somebody about the decision that you made for Jesus today. And we want to be a place that you can tell somebody to do that. And so right at the end of the service, we've got an incredible prayer and care team that's going to be down here. To my right, your left, at the end of the service, that would love to give you a Bible, love to give you a new believer's God, love to just, man, just high-five you and say, welcome to, the, welcome to the family of God. Like, it's incredible, that decision that you just made. And uh, maybe that's one way you want to tell us and let us know that. You can let somebody know at our Connect Corner. We'd love to know that. You can fill out that card that was in your seat. Or even if you're watching online or even in this room, you can text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That lets us know that any way that you let us know, any way that you let somebody know here at Purpose Church, we're going to follow up with you. We're going to make sure that, man, when you answer any questions that you might have, we're going to give you some things that we think is going to help you in this next season of your life. And we just can't wait to cheer you on as you started this new relationship with Jesus. And so why don't we start the party right now, Purpose Church, by lifting our heads, jumping on our feet, and putting our hands together for King Jesus saving somebody in this place today. Come on, let's give it up for King Jesus. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. Why don't you do this? Why don't you high-five three people around you? And uh, I'm going to switch microphones right now. Awesome. Three people around you, tell them I'm glad you came to church. Glad you came to church. Glad you came to church. I love that. I love that. Don't go anywhere just yet. I got a couple announcements for you. I want to let you know a few things that are coming up at Purpose Church. Youth, don't forget Wednesday night. Love to see you at our hangout happening Wednesday at DQ. But then I want to tell you and reiterate what everybody said up here earlier. Big Wednesday. Do whatever you got to do to get here next Wednesday night. Not this Wednesday, next Wednesday night. Be here. Be a part. We're at, I mean, it's going to be, you know how on Sundays we're about three songs, three, four songs, message. We're going to worship. We're going to spend some time praying. We're going to spend some time just walking through what we believe that God is calling us to this next season, calling your family to the next season. And we're going to spend some time just going after God in worship. And so I encourage you, get here. Ain't nothing like a night worship, like a, a, a night worship, I'm telling you. And then following that, we got snow cones outside. I want you to build some relationships with some people, hang out with some people. That is next Wednesday night. Be here for Big Wednesday, all right? I love you guys so much. I hope you have the best week of your life. Let me pray for you, and I'll see you next Sunday for week three of Can't Steal My Joy, all right? Jesus, thank you so much for today. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. Love you. See you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.